Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have a look at Canada's Soil Health Report card. Also, the General Manager with Clean Farms will join us. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the Executive Director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. COVID-19 is having an impact on world hunger. I chatted with Jim Cornelius, the Executive Director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. It's having a very sharp impact on many households around the world. Initially, particularly urban households, those that depend on day labor to to feed their families, petty traders, uh, those providing personal services. So many countries have just shut down, as we have been doing in Canada as well, and people are living day to day, um, suddenly don't have an income, and are just struggling to find food to feed their families in in, in the short term. It's become, many of them, I've been just talking to my sister just um, um, some nights ago, and she works with, um, in one of the slums in Nairobi, and she said within like literally day or two, families were beginning to panic as they sort of depend on just working day to day to be able to feed their families. So it's people are in quite a panic mode in many countries, and and these countries are often not well positioned to quickly roll out a safety net program like we have in Canada now, where with the CARB. Um, that's really what's needed is to get cash into people's hands so they can um, 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 have food. And then the other concern is that um, supply chains, food supply chains, still are functioning largely, but they're starting to be disrupted. And to the extent that they get more disrupted, you'll see start to see price rises going up. We're seeing that in some countries, um, which then, of course, prices the poor people out of the market very quickly. So there's a lot to be concerned with. Um, the head of the World Food Program was just briefing the um, United Nations um, um, Security Council on Tuesday, and he said that their best analysis is showing that those people facing emergency food needs is going to double in the months ahead from about 135 million people to 260 million in a, in a matter of weeks to, to months. Jim, uh, how is COVID-19 affecting uh, Canadian Food Grants Bank uh, programming and fundraising? Yeah, we, um, I mean, our immediate priority was to try and ensure that our existing programs could continue because we were already providing food to people that were in emergency situations. So, um, unfortunately, most of our partners have been able to quickly adapt their programs, put in social distancing measures at food distributions, get um, personal protective equipment, other hygiene measures in place, get the necessary exemptions from local government authorities to continue providing what is really a critical, essential service of getting food to people. So so that was the initial focus, and we're delighted that most of our programs are still up and running. And in fact, since the beginning of April, we've approved over $10 million of sort of continued in new programming in vital areas. So um, so that is um, important. When it comes to our longer-term development programs, um, those are being disrupted more as um, gatherings of people that you would normally hold for training sessions, um, uh, 
um, field visits, out doing household survey where all these are, are being disrupted in the short term. That was Jim Cornelius, the executive director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. More people around the world are going hungry as a result of COVID-19. Jim Cornelius is executive director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The head of the World Food Program was just briefing the um, United Nations um, Security Council. He said that their best analysis is showing that those people facing emergency food needs is going to double in the months ahead from about 135 million people to 260 million in a a matter of weeks to, to months. Cornelia says Canadians are fortunate to have a program like the CERB. And farmers are getting an update on the new Manitoba Crop Alliance. Here's Pam DeRockney. Over the past two months, the interim board of directors have been busy developing a transition plan. We hope to be operational by August 1st of uh, 2020 this year. So there's been a few moving pieces and there's been a lot of work um, being done in the background. Drockney says each of the five commodity groups involved in the merger are continuing to meet on an individual basis. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, April 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with the general manager with Clean Farms. Clean Farms is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. I caught up with General Manager Barry Friesen. Well, it means quite a bit, and it's really a commitment on behalf of the manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and farmers that participate in our programming. Uh, we, uh, we've been operating for uh, 10 years now, and uh, the success that we've received is really due to all the players in, in the program. And tell us uh, again a little bit about um, what you guys do, the types of materials you collect, and and I guess just how much you have collected over the years. Yeah. Well, we have five permanent programs now. Not all of them are operating in every single province, but there's some common ones across the entire country. We have a small container recycling program for pesticide and fertilizer containers. We collect uh, uh, coast-to-coast, and uh, we collect those materials. That's been in place since 1989. Industry has been doing it, and we took it over 10 years ago. And uh, very good. We also operate a bulk container for pesticide and some fertilizer containers uh, that collected at ag retails across the country. We also have our obsolete pesticide and animal health program that uh, is collected in every province every three years and farmers participate. All of these programs are free of charge for the farmers to participate. They take the materials back to designated uh, locations and we collect them and either recycle them or safely dispose of them. We also have our seed and pesticide bag program operating in the east from Ontario, Quebec, and the Maritimes, uh, and we're going to be bringing it out west in the next couple of years, which is another another addition to our program, suite of programs in the west. And then finally, we have our grain bag recycling program operating permanently in Saskatchewan. Uh, very good. Last year alone, we collected over 50% of all the grain bags distributed in the province. And... Uh, we expect to bring that program to both so we're operating pilots in Alberta and Manitoba as well for crane bags and twine. And uh, eventually we'll be collecting all of those materials across the entire country. And, uh, and some of the results of the program, uh, since the end of, up until the end of 2018, we had 51,600 metric tons of agricultural waste across 
the country that has been collected over the 10 years. And, uh, and that's hundreds and hundreds of transfer trailers, of mainly plastics, that have been collected for recycling across the country. And, of course, we have a whole lot more numbers depending on each of the programs, but it's really tremendous the amount that we've collected. Now, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the research uh, project that will uh, start up here this spring. Yes. So we, as we all know, that governments are very interested in the whole the plastics issue because we need more plastics recycling. We need more plastics being collected and recycled. And so they've asked us to do a research project to tally up exactly how much plastic waste, agricultural plastic waste, is being generated on farms. We currently estimate that we're probably collecting about 10% of it, but this study will help us identify exactly how much is being collected, as well as doing a market study. It's one thing to collect these materials, but where does it go? We have to make sure we have good, um, good processing facilities, and this study will help give the, those that... Uh, that, that uh, manage these recycling facilities, uh, the impetus to, to determine, okay, there's this much here, so now we know where to build the f- facilities and how, how large to build them. That was Barry Friesen, General Manager with Clean Farms. The organization is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks with Sarah Youngson, the Executive Director for 4-H Saskatchewan, about the impact of COVID-19 on their operations. Programming in Saskatchewan is suspended until June 15th for in-person programming, so our clubs aren't able to get together in person right now. But we are seeing people uh, come together uh, online or digitally or using teleconference services. Uh, In some cases, they're postponing events, uh, keeping safe so that when we are able to get back together in person, uh, they can hold those events later in the summer or fall, hopefully. And there are unfortunately some events that are being cancelled. So we're seeing a lot of clubs utilize online and digital options where they do have the internet access to do so. Uh, Clubs are using video conferencing to meet and some are even working together on their projects Uh, taking videos of them working with their animals at home and sharing those with other club mates. For the 4-H beef members, the steer sales, etc., what is happening? So there are a few of the shows that are still uh, planning to run for later in the summer. So they are continuing to plan a few of those in-person events uh, with health and safety precautions planned to be in place. But you're correct, others have have cancelled their show or sale and What this has caused is some disappointment, but also an opportunity for some members and clubs to sell in their communities. So in a normal year, the only way members have ever sold their animals is at that show or fair. So there's been some opportunities opened up this year for clubs to hold an online show or sale. So we are seeing some groups move that way. Others are beginning to arrange private sales of their animals or Uh, for the first time processing and selling boxed meat packages. Uh, A couple are even working on arrangements to donate their animal to an organization in need, so a food bank or something similar in their community. So they have a lot of choices available to them, but it is a a challenging time 
We're also starting a page on our website that can connect people with the opportunities to support 4-Hers in their own community and purchase quality beef. So we'll continue to add to that information as we hear the decisions from our clubs and our show committees. I've been talking with Sarah Youngson. Sarah is the Executive Director with 4-H Saskatchewan. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada also postponed. Cropsapalooza 2020 scheduled for July has been cancelled. And the Manitoba Summer Fair in Brandon has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, the Soil Conservation Council of Canada has released a soil health report card. I caught up with Executive Director Jim Tokarchuk. We do very well in Manitoba. In fact, most of Western Canada um, shows very well in terms of the report card. Um, but like, um, uh, like with uh, any, uh, any student, uh, there are places where we can improve. Um, and in the, in the report card that um, was presented to us last October, um, in some of the newer soil health strategies, we're not doing so well in terms of using cover crops and and different crop rotation strategies uh, to, to maximize soil health. And of course, these are competing with productivity and the, the, the need the need for profitability on farms. But it is an area that uh, that soils experts are pointing out, saying that we we just we need to keep learning more about those kinds of things. Um, we have some room to improve in terms of using uh, nutrient management strategies more carefully, but we're doing reasonably well there. We scored a B there, but um, uh, there are a few uh, a few practices that that we need to um, improve on. So it's you know it's um, in terms of in terms of building organic matter, we've done very well in Western Canada in terms of soil health in uh, in Western Canada. In general, uh, I think that what we're seeing in, in both those areas is is people beginning to think about those things as part of their overall farm management strategies. And that's, you know, Corey, that's a really that's a really important step. Is that, that soil health and and building soil organic matter don't happen unless you plan to do it. And and uh, so we're really encouraging producers to think about soil health and soil organic matter, just as you think about that, the, um, the crop protection products that you use, the fertilizer products you use, your tillage strategies, your rotation, soil health has got to be in that mix to a greater extent than, than we see it at this time. That was Jim Tokarchuk, Executive Director with the Soil Conservation Council of Canada. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. It's been just over two months since five of the province's commodity groups approved a proposed merger. Here's Pam DeRockney. 
Each of the five uh, management commodity groups, they still continue to meet. They still continue to have board meetings. They still continue to conduct business on behalf of their um, respective organizations. Um, They are still legal entities. They are still representing um, their membership. And that'll continue until the target date is August 1st um, in terms of when the five groups will amalgamate into the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The target date for the amalgamation is August 1st. And COVID-19 is having a sharp impact on many households around the world in terms of food supply. Jim Cornelius is executive director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Food supply chains still are functioning largely, but they're starting to be disrupted. And to the extent that they get more disrupted, you'll see start to see price rises going up. We're seeing that in some countries, um, which then, of course, prices the poor people out of the market very quickly. Cornelia says Canadians are fortunate to have a program like the CERB. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow, starting at 12 noon.